This special presentation of Stage and Stuff has been underwritten by Vornholt and Associates Property Solutions. They're located at 170 North Perry Road in Plainfield, and their phone number is 317-996-7767. Hi, I'm Shane Ray. This is a special presentation of Stage and Stuff. We don't have Peg and we don't have Deanna here. I am stepping in and uh, we are bringing back one of our guests, Jerry Vornholt. But he's brought two friends with him. Uh, Jerry, why don't you introduce them? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, Shane. Uh, we have David Leeds and Andy Janning. Now you have David and Andy. Uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, meet Andy first. Andy, how are you today? I'm great, Shane. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. So appreciate that. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a professional photographer and keynote speaker, and I've lived in the Hendricks County area for almost 20 years now, and have really been just excited to um, be part of this production. Uh, I've, with my wife and our girls, we have been around HCT for almost a decade now. Uh, and just because of my schedule, I haven't been able to do a whole lot on stage uh, with, uh, with the organization. Uh, but when I heard that 12 Angry Men was coming, and when I heard that David Leeds was gonna be in this, and when I heard that Jerry was gonna be producing it, uh, <laughs> there was no way that I could say, you know, no, I'm not going to audition. This yeah. has been a, just an amazing experience, and I hope all of your listeners come out. Okay, we'll get a little more into that in just a bit. Right uh, next to you is, like you said, David Leeds. How's David today? Well, Shane, thanks for having us. Well, good. Thanks for being here. So glad uh, that you all could make it. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a more recent arrival. I've lived here in Hendricks County for uh, nine years, mm -hmm. and uh, I love it here. Absolutely love it. I've not done as much theater here. I've got a body of work uh, back in Colorado, uh, performed in dinner theater there for a number of years, mainly musicals, and I have yet to really do anything musically um, uh, here locally. But uh, Hendricks, this is the third production I've been a part of. Um, uh, theater goers might be aware a few years ago we did uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, I was privileged to play Atticus Finch in that. Opposite, Andy's daughter, mm -hmm. who was a marvelous scout, ah, just a marvelous scout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's uh, I'm tickled to be able to perform now with uh, with Andy, mm. and he's uh, he's too kind, just too kind in his remarks. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll go, we'll circle back around right now and get back to Jerry. Jerry, you're producer of 12 Angry Men. That's what you're here to talk about. Yes. Tell us why, uh, what drew you to 12 Angry Men? Why pick this one? That's a good question. Uh, we were just talking about that uh, a few minutes ago. Um, one of the first shows that I produced for Hendrix, well, first shows that I ever produced, uh, but for Hendrix Civic Theater was um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, the director, Teresa Potratz, had asked me if I would uh, help her put this show together, and I agreed to do that. That experience really hooked me on theater, not from a being on stage perspective, but wanting to help produce these shows to get them put together for the public to see, because that show really was a moving show, and it, I just caught the bug. Um, after that show, uh, we were David Leeds and I were talking uh, about other good shows and his experience in theater. 
he was able to tell me about a couple other good shows would be to do is uh, Inherit the Wind mm -hmm. and 12 Angry Men. And to be honest, I did not know either of those shows, but <laughs> shortly thereafter went and watched the movies of those shows and quickly saw what he was talking about. Uh, so in 2015, I think it was, we did Inherit the Wind, which was a great production and great cast. And then now we get to the trilogy, as I call it, my trilogy of social dramas, <laughs> uh, 12 Angry Men. Well, I guess that says it all. <laughs> so, but you love the movie, and uh, that was one of the things that brought you in. Now, uh, as producer, let's, uh, let's explore that a little. You're not, you're not on stage. Correct. Uh, you're not directing and telling everyone stage left or speak no, loud no, or anything. That is correct. <laughs> uh, is that where you find that you're most comfortable as producer? Yeah, it is. Um, and I found that there weren't a lot of people that liked to do that role, strangely enough. So mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was a good fit for, for all parties, actually. So as a producer, I mean, you need... Locally in community theater, um, to be a producer, you need to have a good organization with a good foundation to be able to pull off producing a show. So Hendrick Civic Theater is great to work with in terms of they have, it's all volunteer, but we have um, staffing, if you will, for costuming, uh, props, set building, set design, and of course the facility. Mm -hmm. uh, nice, intimate 82-seat theater, which... I have produced bigger shows, kids shows, big musicals, but I find I enjoy most producing in this small intimate theater. The audience gets a real taste of the action, you know, literally five to ten feet in front of them. So that's, I, I love bringing, the way I see it is, is I, I love bringing these shows to the public and I want it to be as good as it can be and I want them to walk out of that theater feeling that that was worth my money. I want to come back and see another show at Hendrick Civic Theater. And believe it or not, I, I think maybe that's the same energy these guys get from being on stage. I get that energy from that. Mm -hmm. When I see them clapping and standing and applauding, that just feeds me, and, and I love doing that. You know, uh, I'm going to ask this question to David and Andy at the same time. However, feel free to jump in when you want to. Uh, you're both, all right, David, you're jeer number eight. In, uh, let's see, Andy, you're jeer number three, right? Correct. All right. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your characters and uh, what you like about it, what you don't like about mm -hmm. it, that kind of thing. So I get to play jeer number three. And in when you typically look at the show, and even in the, the, the character descriptions in the script, it says that, that jeer number three is typically portrayed as the villain character and every good story has it it always has this this opposite force to the person that's you know the kind of the center of the story mm -hmm. it's very easy to see juror three and villains kind of in general as just these this one type of person that just wants to do bad things mm -hmm. what brent woldridge our director has really encouraged is getting underneath that character what does the character want why does he act like this why is every man in this show angry when you're anger when you're, you're when you're mad about something you're defending something anger is a very complex emotion and so you have to really look at for juror number three what am i angry about and I could, you know, portray him as just like kind of like a Nathan Jessup in in a, in a few good men character, very mad, very very whatever. But that doesn't really give uh, the audience an entry point into the character. He doesn't give you a, a sense of being able to understand where he's coming from. And especially with the the entire arc of the show, it's very important to see him as a real human being. 
So the challenge for me was to, you know, kind of understand where he's coming from and really take some risks performance wise Mm -hmm. to put myself into that space, um, which, which was really, which was really fun. But it's, again, it's, it's, it can be a real mental and physical challenge too. Uh, so, I mean, and like Jerry said, this is a very intimate, a, a very intimate performance, a very intimate space. There is no hiding at all. You have to be completely committed to your character. And what I love about this show is that every single man to a person brings out the best in everyone else. This is one of the best ensembles I've been a part of. And you really get to see nuance and ebb and flow and relationship there without anybody saying a word. So being able to see that there and it is is one thing. It also helps the audience have a conversation. We're not just making performances. This isn't just, this isn't just entertainment. It's a way for us to ask ourselves, what do we get mad about? Mm-hmm. What kind of biases do we have? What kind of things do we carry into places that we shouldn't? How does it affect our perceptions of other people? It's it's there to challenge you to say, how are you really seeing the world? Is it really fair? And how can you view it in a way that creates more connection and more peace? That's what I love about this show, and especially the, the process of getting to know juror number three. Okay. What about you, uh, of, uh, <laughs> David? Uh, there's an edit. Let me re-ask that question. And, <laughs> so how about you, David? What he said. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, ditto, exactly. But um, I, I've got to tell you, it's deadly dull being David Leeds 24-7, <laughs> and to be able to try on a character for uh, a while, um, every uh, year or so, uh, to just absolutely immerse yourself in another character and try and find out uh, what makes this person tick, uh, what is at the bottom of this person's soul, and then try and do justice to another character. Um, I asked a question at one of the uh, rehearsals recently. I asked the other cast members, do you like your character? Do you genuinely like this person this is a person you empathize with uh, could this person be a friend of yours if you knew this person in real life and Andy said yeah he likes his character um, he, he sees the character with the warts and the flaws and all of this and it, and it really is true that each of us is the hero of his own story juror three sees himself as in the right and he's arguing for his interests juror eight who is at least initially the lone man out. Mm-hmm. Um, not to spoil the, the story too much, because you'll learn very early on. Uh, this 12-member jury, the initial vote that they take, it's 11 to 1. Juror 8 is the one vote for acquittal for the uh, defendant. Uh, the 11 uh, want to see him go to the chair, because mm-hmm. it's a capital murder case. Um, Eight is uh, is an interesting character. I think that he approaches it as a very reluctant champion of this kid, who a uh, nineteen year old kid who is accused of murdering his father. Um, but as he assumes that role, he grows in that role. He becomes more comfortable with the role, and uh, I find myself bringing in parts of many other characters that I've played in the past to help round out Juror Eight. Um, that's how it ended up making more sense for me. Um, Juror 8 is very different from David Leeds. I'm not saying I'm, I'm gutless and spineless, but um, I, I don't know that I would bring the same moral conviction 
that uh, that eight has. So it's well, it's been a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. one more thing with that, especially with with a show that is relatively well known as this is, especially when people know the 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 nineteen fifties or sixties movie by the same name. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to kind of look at that movie and try and do a one to one impression, if you will, of the particular character. Mm-hmm. What I love about uh, Brent's process and the rest of the cast has been no. Separate yourself from the material. Separate yourself from the other performances. You find the character. You understand him as you un- as you know him. Take what you have in the script, but then put you know make it your own. And that's what that's what I love about art is that you put yourself into it. It's not always what you exactly what you think it is. And during that process, we've been able to I think give shades and meaning and shades of performance that I didn't see in the original movie, that I've never seen in any other online representation of this. And I'm not saying it's better or worse, it's just different. That's, why, that's again, why I love the, the reason why I love that we're doing this is that, again, we get to continue a conversation about a very worthy topic. How do we see others? How do we connect with them? Who do we dismiss? And who do we let in? And we do it in a way that's good for our community. Well, let's go ahead and get a sample or a preview, if you will, of the play itself. I'm going to let you guys act out a scene. This is from 12 Angry Men. Assumed? Now, listen to me, you people. I've seen all kinds of dishonesty in my day, but this little display takes the cake. What dishonesty? Tell him! You come in here with your heart bleeding all over the floor about slum kids and injustice, and you make up all these wild stories, and you get all these soft-hearted old ladies listening to you. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not listening to you anymore. I am so sick of you and you and all of this because this kid is guilty. This kid's gonna burn, and we're letting him slip through our fingers. Our fingers? Are you his executioner? I'm one of them. Oh, perhaps you'd like to pull the switch. For this kid, you bet I want to pull the switch. I'm sorry for you. Don't start with me. What it must feel like to want to pull the switch. Shut up. Well, you're a sadist. Shut up. You want to see this boy die because you personally want it, not because of the facts. What? You're a beast. You disgust me. Shut up. I'll kill you. Let me go. I'll kill you. You don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? Now, yep. Go ahead. Can I ask a question sure. of these guys? Sure. So early on, um, the director and I, you know, we met before, you know, several times before we even auditioned the show. We made a decision to, um, uh, it's actually a, a three-act play, uh, but we made the decision to eliminate the acts. There, there's no intermission, so get your concessions when you get there early. <laughs> um, but... So what we did is it's straight through. It's a 90-minute show straight through. And I'm curious as actors, does that really put you on? I mean, you mentioned something about there's no hiding, there's no getting away. So yeah. there's no intermission. There's no scene changes. You're, there's no taking a break from your no character. There's no taking a break from that character. I never thought about that. Is that interesting for you guys or is that... David, what do you think? It, it, it is interesting. You are on all the time. I'm thinking three or four of the cast members get to use the, the men's room yeah, off, offhand. And, and right. uh, you know, I, I don't know. They're able, they, they're able to do that. That's built into the script, though. Yeah. For the most part, you've got 12 characters on stage for the duration. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, that is very interesting. In that regard, it's very different from anything that I've ever done before. So, 
Yeah. Well, interesting. For me, it's a little bit different um, because the work that I do, I, I speak at different conferences and events. So I'm used to being on stage for 60, 90, two, three hours at yeah. a time. All that said, that's this is a completely set, completely different set of musculature, if you will. And I'm glad that we made the, the decision to have a go all the way through because I think if you break it up into acts, there's energy that you miss. There's there's connection that yes. you miss. And yes. I think the intensity that ramps up and just the overall arc is much better served to having everybody there in that space all at once. Is it daunting for the for the actors? Yeah, it uh-huh. is. But what I love about it is that we're we're there for each other. You see alliances in between different characters. You see them kind of lifting each other up or in some ways separating. And if you it, again, there's so much nuance there in this performance. It, it's and I I mean this is not me selfishly wanting people to have more ticket sales, although that would be nice. But <laughs> I would suggest that you can't see everything in one take. You can't see everything in one performance. There are going to be subtleties and nuances with everybody that it's going to take you a couple times to see it. And that's yep. how good this cast is. How, how many times? How many times have you watched a movie a second time? Oh, I didn't pick that up the first yes. time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I absolutely echo what Andy is saying. Uh, again, on stage for, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes, it is a test of bladder control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it totally is. That's a fact for the actors. You know, you've both said something about, uh, you know, like Andy's, uh, Andy said, uh, you see things, nuances, uh, uh, different things that uh, in the play that you won't see in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, David, you just also said, mentioned something about the movie. Now, isn't that the, is that kind of the goal is just not to reproduce the movie on stage? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you want to bring something fresh and bright to it. Uh, you don't want a carbon copy. You don't want it to be um, caricaturish. Yeah. And it, it's, it's tempting sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kidding uh, before we started the interview about <laughs> wanting to do uh, when I did Atticus Finch mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, we came to the director and I said, you know, I do this really mean uh, Gregory Peck interview. And anyone who's ever heard my Gregory Peck would say, oh, that's pretty mean. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it the way that everybody's accustomed to seeing because you want people to walk away and say, wow, that's, mm-hmm. that was refreshing. That was yeah. different. Enjoyed that. And, and I get to one of my other roles with this. I'm fortunate to be the, the official, air quotes, photographer for it. So I get to, rather than creating just like, you know, the headshots, we wanted to do these, the, the portraits of each person in character. Mm-hmm. And we made the decision early on, these need, to be in, these need to be colored, these don't need to be black and white, because people will think, okay, that's just going to be just like the movie. Mm-hmm. And again, you, you want to be, you wanna, this is like, this is our show. This is our production. We don't want to copy anything else. Uh, and we're going to make some decisions. Each one of us as actors has made at least one significant decision that's different from probably the, the film performance that, every, that, that most people will know. But those decisions are right. And those decisions, and I stand completely behind them. So that's why it's just this, that, that nuance there. And that we want to respect the material, but also respect our ability as performers to put something new and fresh and different into it. Agreed. You know... Um, there have been at least two movies that I can think of. I can't remember the specific actors, but they played um, characters that just had diarrhea of the mouth, if mm-hmm. you will. I mean, they just just foul-mouthed and yeah. called every character in there, every name in the book, a lot of it racial. Mm-hmm. And uh, in those particular cases, the actors would apologize ahead of time before their scenes and say, look, 
I'm so sorry I have to say all of this to mm-hmm. you, whatever. They felt that uncomfortable. Now, this is more specific for you, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing that's making you squirm? <laughs> <laughs> so there are, gosh, there is one point in the show where my character has to be restrained by at least five grown men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Brent, from the very first scene, from the very first rehearsal, said, I don't want you to hold back. And I don't. And our producer, Jerry, stood in for one of the actors that couldn't be there that night. I threw the man through a table. I wasn't trying to, but I did. (laughs) So in terms of apologizing, that's that's certainly one area. And I've I've told all the guys, I said, guys, I'm going to go full out. Because if I'm holding back, the audience is going to see it. I'm not going to try and hurt anybody, but I need you guys to come at me just as hard as I'm going. Mm -hmm. That that was one part that for me was, was uncomfortable. There's another scene in the show, and you'll understand where it is, where there's a completely other side of this character that comes out. And for me to get to that as a performer, as an actor, um, that's, it's arguably the hardest thing I've ever had to do on a stage, on any stage, be it keynote, whatever. It's the hardest, thing, hardest emotional process that I've had to go through. But in order to be true to the character and what we're trying to do with the show... I have to, yeah. and it's not easy, but it's totally worth it. Uh, you know, David, you're, if for the folks at home, you're playing the, in, if it was the movie, it would be the Henry Fonda character, right? Yes. And uh, he's a little more reserved. Of course, you did mention uh, something, you know, about being boring or whatever. <laughs> and so you <laughs> get to be. He's not. Don't let him, don't let <laughs> no. him tell you that. He's not. <laughs> but what do you find in this character? Um probably since you started that is maybe different than uh, what you thought the character would be and how does uh can you be more specific about how it differs from David Leeds you know what when i was um when i was a kid when i was very young my heroes were ball players that kind of thing mm-hmm. um i i still to this day enjoy baseball an awful lot but my heroes evolved over time and they ended up being the people very often that was one person out there twisting in the wind or tilting at the windmill. Um, Atticus Finch was very much that person. Juror number eight is very much that mm-hmm. person. Thomas Moore in A Man for All Seasons is very much that. We'll talk later, Jerry. The fourth in the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much that, that kind of character. There are these individuals that, that stand as moral exemplars or um, uh, a champion of the, for the little man, very often, or the oppressed, that, um, and, and we've known such people in our own lives, and we think back and we say, well, I wish in certain respects that I were more like that person. Um, to be able to portray such a person in a production such as this is is an honor. It's a privilege, and it's um, yeah. That that's the kick for me. Yeah. That's the kick for me. Yeah. All right, uh, Jerry. Let's remind everyone where the play is taking place. Yes, uh, taking place at uh, the beloved Longstreet Theater in Maplewood. Um, just north of Danville, uh, west of Brownsburg, at the corner of 500 North and 100 E. Uh, website, HendrixCivic.com, can give you directions, and also, as well, you buy your tickets uh, online. I would suggest uh, doing that soon and early. It's a small theater, and there's a lot of attention. We've had a lot of great sponsors to this as well, so seats are going. Um, 
show opens August 2nd. It runs the first two weekends of August, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday for two weekends. The Friday, Saturday shows, doors open at 7, and on Sunday, the doors open at 2 p.m. Uh, there's also a, a Facebook page for Hendrick Civic Theater, right? Yes, Facebook page for Hendrick Civic Theater uh, also has those details on there as well, but tickets need to be purchased through the website. Early and often. Early and often. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Yes. Uh, do you want to mention your sponsors real quick? Okay, Shane. We have uh, Hendrix Power Cooperative, Hendrix Regional Health, uh, Bed Brasket Cafe and Bakery, Duke Energy, uh, Avon uh, School System, New Media Marketing, Abstract and Title, Tando, Heritage Estate Realtors, and Avon Tricapa. And we are adding three new sponsors for our next season. That will be Mental Health of America, All Sports for Kids, and Danville Kiwanis. Danville Kiwanis. Okay, sounds like you got a lot of great uh, folks supporting you there. Yes, we do. All of these guys have been good supporters, and we're really looking forward to this show. And, of course, you couldn't do it without sponsors. We cannot. This is an all-volunteer organization. These actors don't get paid a dime, nor does the producer or director or all the <laughs> dozens of people that help put on a show. Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. We're, we're not getting paid? Oh, I'm so sorry, James. Andy, did you know this? <laughs> da- this is David now becoming a true angry man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Shane. All right. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, opens August 2nd is 12, Angry Men. And, of course, if you missed that information that uh, they've gone through, you can give me a call here at the radio station at 317-852-1610. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to get you in touch with Jerry. He's going to help you out ASAP, right? You bet. All right, guys. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you, Thank Shane. you Shane. This special presentation of Stage and Stuff has been underwritten by Vornholt and Associates Property Solutions. They're located at 170 North Perry Road in Plainfield, and their phone number is 317-996-7767.